This episode brought to you by Own the Gray Podcast. Discover how others age with attitude at ownthegray.ca. Welcome to Lunch with a Healer. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hoffman, and today I'm welcoming Donna Tastian to the show. We're going to discuss building a life by design. Donna is the founder of Vibrant Living International, a nonprofit organization. She helps bring accelerated transformation to people across the world. Her passion is to help you reach your full potential. Donna's been speaking and coaching for over 25 years. She's developed powerful programs to help women rise above a painful past so they can live the life of their dreams. Her clients have said she'll help you walk away from overwhelm, stress, and self-doubt into peace and confidence, like a refreshing vacation for your body and soul. She also produces a podcast called You Were Designed for Greatness and has written four books. Her clients say she's a knack for turning fear into excitement and exposing lies so the truth can shine through. Now let's start building our life by design with Donna. The best conversations happen when we're having lunch with our friends, especially when one is a healer. Pull up a chair and join us to expand your knowledge and open your mind. Welcome to Lunch with a Healer, Donna. Thank you. It is my pleasure to be here. How about you introduce yourself to my listeners? Well, my name is Donna Tashton. I am the founder and CEO of Vibrant Living International, and my passion is to help people live to their fullest potential. I am a wife, a mom, and a grandmother. Your foundation, Vibrant Living, elaborate a bit more about that. The logistics of how it occurred, I knew about, I guess it's about 12 years ago or so, that I wanted to do something more. My kids were grown, you know, it's all that feeling. It's like, what do you want to do now that you're grown up kind of a moment? And so I... At the place I was at, I thought, well, I'll go to work at a nonprofit. I have worked at a lot of nonprofits, volunteered. That's that giving thing is part of me. And so that will be the avenue that I can uh, reach that passion part of me that wants to be able to help people. It didn't go that way, just so you know. (laughs) It didn't go that way at all. The management and I were going along pretty well for a while, but then they changed and I ended up being let go while I chose to leave. It was kind of mutual kind of a situation, but it was traumatizing for me that I had like, I hadn't realized I had put so much hope that that was going to be the thing. And disappointment is rough sometimes to be able to handle And so, and then I'm mad at myself that I'm so down (laughs) because I know better. (laughs) And so it was just this vicious cycle where it's feeding on itself. But through that soul searching process, Vibrant Living was born. It was born out of a place where I felt anything but vibrant. Yeah. And I did not feel vibrant. And I am a woman of faith and I was at church and someone had given me said, I believe that this is a, this is something that you need to think about that maybe God is speaking to you. And it was the word vivacious. I didn't even know what vivacious meant. (laughs) And so I looked at her funny and I'm like, 
okay, well, I went home and I looked up the, the definition and vibrant was one of them. And so that's where the name came from. So I began to say every day when I didn't feel like it at all, that I was vivacious and all of the words that the synonyms that that means mm-hmm. and vibrant living was born out of all of that being and now to the place where I am reaching women around the world, being able to bring hope and accelerated transformation. When did you actually become a life coach? Throughout that process of founding? Yes, I never carried the title coach until I went through that process. I had been a mentor and in, in my church discipling. So I'd always been speaking into people's lives and helping them but I didn't have the title of coach. I didn't even know what a coach was. I, I was thinking football player, you know, coach. And I'm like, that's not what I am. So yes, during that process, I said, how can I say yes to myself? And I went to school to get my coaching certifications at that point. So it looks like you needed to go through the negative to find your authentic calling. You know, that was a necessary period of time. I, I was minimized. Yes. In hindsight, perfectly clear. I was minimizing thinking somebody else needed to give me the avenue. Yeah. Instead of learning how to actually create the avenue that was perfectly fit for who I was and my gifts, I limited what I was capable of and probably still am because I'm growing, but what we're actually can accomplish And so I totally minimized what that, and so yes, unless I had gotten to a place where I was searching, so I don't, the answer shows up when we seek it. And so learning how to, learning that I got to that place. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say, but I wrote in my journal after that incident, I said, I feel like a piece of trash. Nobody wants. And then I'm like, I know that's not true, but it's how I feel. And so how in working through all of that to live vibrantly. I'd like to talk about the keys to building the life of your dreams that I would like. That's the theme of this interview. What did you go through yourself in order to transform from feeling so negative to then producing this wonderful organization where you're helping all these people? Well, you know that we don't have enough time for that. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. You're right. I'm like, that was a big question. You know know we don't have enough time for that. But I'll give you I'll give you some highlights. (laughs) We'll put it that way. Is okay. First of all, I I as I worked with because when I went to get my coaching certification, I then for the first time really had a personal coach. I had had some different people that but I paid for this. So it was someone who was really invested in me, wasn't just a volunteer somewhere, helping me to see what my blind spots were. Why, why did I feel, you know, I would have thought I was a pretty positive person until that happened. And so it's like, but those things just uncover hidden beliefs that we have. And so that's one of the keys is working with someone who can see what you can't see and helping you to see things with fresh eyes and how to change those old beliefs into what actually is the truth that we're amazing. And we just really don't know it. That was very well said. You talk and you write about six superpowers that we possess that we're actually not aware of that can help us create our dream life. Please go through them. 
<laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> well, it isn't that we're not completely aware of them. Because as I begin to say them, you especially have heard heard about them before, but it's a lot of times we know about things, but we don't know how to use it properly. It's like having the uh, exercise equipment and using it wrong and you hurt yourself and you're like, well, I'm never exercising again. (laughs) Right. And so we throw everything out. Or another way I say it is, is that it's like a knife and I'm going to cut an apple, but I turn it the wrong way and I cut myself just because I don't know how to use the tools. So I'll touch on each of them and give a, and then a few of them, I'll go a little deeper as time allows, because we, we, we probably heard of them, but like I said, it's learning how to fully use them properly. So the first one I'll mention is imagination. We've all heard of imagination, but if you think about at least maybe you in the past, I'm not sure about present, but we often have been taught to use our imagination after childhood for the negative. Who has had a child not show up home when they were out with friends when they were supposed to? What did your imagination do? And so we use it often for what we fear. Yeah. But we've never really been taught as adults how to use it for what we want. And how to actually attract what we're looking for, as opposed to, we may not have attracted a child having an accident, but we definitely attracted a sleepless night and a lot of uncomfortableness. So imagination is one of them. And so learning how to really tap in and use it as a tool to develop the gift so that it is working for you and creating the life you want. I do have a question on that. I think people have so much baggage that they mm-hmm. haven't yet turned into luggage, mm-hmm. which is your term, correct? Baggage yeah, into luggage. Term. Yes. It's a wonderful term. I think that they would have difficulty even using their imagination. And yes, it would be a process for them to even be able to imagine what they wanted. How do you get them to do that? The first step is beginning just to ask the question. And as opposed to it, if I ask them what they want out of their life, the most, the most common is what I don't want. Yeah. You know, they can tell me what they don't want. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to get hurt in relationships. I don't want to lose my job. It's all these different things that we don't want. And so learning how to actually create a life, it's like, well, what would you like your life to look like in relationships? For example, if there was no limitations, if we could just wave a magic wand and it would be so, what would you want? And it's kind of like priming a pump. If you remember the old wells Mm -hmm. that begin to search Mm -hmm. for what you want and begin to explore Mm -hmm. in a safe place, it is a process because it isn't something that people often do very easily. And it can be fun. It can be totally fun. The biggest thing is, is what if I, I don't want to be disappointed. And my, my, one of my responses is, well, do you want to keep getting what you're getting? If you're really living life, there's risk. It's right. just making them calculated. Okay. Number two. Number two, intuition. No, you've heard of that one. 
And mm-hmm. it's, we've all know what intuition is, mm-hmm. but we don't often listen to that voice. And I take intuition a little bit deeper is as looking as you remember, maybe not everybody listening, but you remember computers before they were connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all we had was whatever we installed into those computers, whatever, whatever floppy disk, whatever, whatever things had been installed was all that computer was capable of. And that's our mind without intuition. It's the stuff that's happened to us. It's whatever's been installed by somebody. And that's the way that, and and so we solve problems from that place. But if we bring in the intuition, it's like hooking your computer to Google. Now you can ask any question in the world and Google will tell you the answer. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is. And your intuition is like that. When you begin to use your intuition proactively, not just when it's a gut feeling that you should or shouldn't do something, but you begin to be proactive about it. And I teach people, walk people through doing that. Then you're as if you're asking Google a question. And whatever the answer is, you can find there is no limit. It is an unlimited supply. How did you learn to use your own intuition? I'm still learning, but it is beginning to trust it. And to, to, you know, which you're like, this doesn't make sense to your, to your old computer mind, which was only programmed by whatever's happened in our life. And when we've had baggage, that risk factor is like, oh, you know, it's like, don't. So be, beginning to trust it in the small things and build your intuition. I think that's a tough one. It takes practice. It, it really isn't difficult. It's just creating new practice, new habits. You're working with someone that's going, when you're something that, you know, it's like, how do I change a faucet? Well, Google it and there's an answer. So it's much the same as like, okay, so what do you want to know in your life? What would you like answers to? And then I'll help you craft the question because the question creates the answer. Right. It's just like, if I said, I don't look fat in this dress, do I? Well, my question (laughs) created the answer. Exactly. (laughs) I think I look fat or I wouldn't have asked it. And so learning how to craft your question in the way that you're going to actually get answers to what you really want to know. Cause I really want to know whether I look nice and you love me. That's really what I want to know. I don't really want to know whether I look overweight, you know, it's so just learning how to craft a question and teaching people how to do that. Ready for number three. I am number three. I call will and will is the ability to hold the image. We've talked about imagination, the image of what you would want in your subconscious mind, if you will, so that it creates harmony to attract what you actually want. It's learning how to hold on to your dreams is another way of saying it, excluding outside circumstances. This is not willpower. This is another gift that we have to be able to hold it and concentrate on what we want. Because most of the time, I have found with people and myself is that we concentrate on what we don't want again, instead of what we do want. So helping people to walk through that with will. And with will is part of that belief, the belief that they are going to get this. 
I think belief comes, it's just holding the image. It's just allowing it to be possible. It's just beginning to say, I would really like to travel to someplace in the world. And you hold the image of what that would be like. I like that because it's not forcing it. I like that. You're just allowing it without any force. Willpower is, I need to make it happen. And it's not that. It's just in the, in the meditative state, in that quiet breathing stillness state, just hold the picture and holding it in concentration is the difference between a flashlight and a laser. They're both lights, but they accomplish things much differently. And so learning to have laser focus on our con- on on the image that we would love as opposed to the one we wouldn't and it is easy and you know like i said not forced okay i like this because it's um done without struggle yes it's gentle which is yes. the way i believe it should go all right really? number 4 number 4 is memory and we often think that you know when we hear the word memory it's it's just recalling things And that's part of it. But I get this from the one analogy of it. It's from Alice in Wonderland. When the queen asked Alice, what are you going to do tomorrow? And she's like, or what did you do tomorrow? She's like, how do I know what I did tomorrow? It's not tomorrow yet. And she said, it's a poor, pretty poor memory that only works backwards and not forwards. So it's beginning to look in the future and seeing yourself doing what you would love to do and experiencing what that would be like, because you can't get to your dream. You actually come from it and learning how to hold that memory as opposed to and creating it. So it's almost like when you get there, it's deja vu. Because you've been there with your will holding the picture, your memory and and picturing it happening. You ask your intuition questions. Well, okay, so how what's the next step? And you end up making it happen. That's what happened with vibrant living. Is I began to ask the question, I saw the picture of what I wanted to do. So what's my what what's something I could do today? What's one thing I could do today? Well, I think I want to be a coach. So let's explore coaching schools. Just make some calls. You don't have to do anything. And I just took one step after another till where I am today. I would have not believed it if you would have told me that 10 years ago. So it, it all happened, would you say, without struggle? The creation of Vibrant Living? I mean, you had to work hard. We're not taking that away. But there's a difference between working hard and struggling for it. Yeah, there was days of struggle, but I didn't accomplish anything on those days. <laughs> that's huge, but that's huge. <laughs> but yes, there were days where I was afraid. There was days I was overwhelmed. There was days right. where I doubted that it would work. There was all of those kind of things. But you have those moments or days and you keep moving forward. One of my coach's best advice, and I still think about today, is get up every day and proceed as if success is inevitable. And so I may have that period of time where I'm staying in bed going, oh, I don't think I could do this. (laughs) Oh, but I get up the next day and act as if success is inevitable and memory helps create that. All right. Number five. (laughs) Number five is reason. And there's a difference between mental activity and reason or thinking. Mental activity is 
like that old computer rehearsing. You've got a problem and you keep trying to fix it pretty much the same way. You're just rearranging this stuff. It's really not anything new. And reason is working with your intuition to ask questions and to be able to know that there is more that you can do with your mind in your quiet state than you were aware of. To many people listening to this, they would struggle with this concept. First, you have to accept that your thoughts are more powerful in a positive or negative way to the creation of life events. That is part of the whole picture. And of course, I'm so summarizing this. When I work with people and in when they attend my workshops, we go into them much more in depth. But yes, we have to understand that our thoughts help create our experience. I think things, circumstances happen that could be outside of my control, but I always can create my experience in the circumstances. And so learning how to use reason. The difference it can be is looking at the way things are working for you. And if you're skeptical and seeing how it's now working And now that all of my clients working through this and the difference it makes in their life. Ready for the last one? I am. The last one I know we've heard of and it's perception. But my focus in perception is much more on how we perceive ourselves. Everybody's seen the picture of the little kitty cat who looks in the mirror or it's a dog who looks in the mirror and there's a tiger. And then there's the tiger looking in the mirror and they see a kitty cat. You know, it's so that is our truth. That becomes our reality is the way that I see myself and what my perception is. So we help people to begin to shift from the limiting beliefs, the old computer system that we have had, and we all have them. I, I don't pretend that I'm, I'm over, you know, like, woo, I'm all done as like, because I still, we all have days where we all have an inner critic. We all have those kind of thoughts. It's like, well, why do you think you can do that? Who do you think you are? Right. Etc. And so learning how to continually build my perception of who I truly am and begin to enlarge it to what I'm actually capable of with my imagination, all the rest of them, they all work together. And so learning how to package this together and help people work through it is one of my favorite passions. And I call it building a life by design, not by default, yeah. because Um, 365 days from now, you will be a year older and life will happen. Right. So will you create a life by design or will it just happen by default? What have you seen are some of the most common stumbling blocks that your clients have? Most of the people that I work with have had some kind of painful past. So you can imagine all the possibilities that are in that picture. Most of those type of people who've had that experience have trouble even dreaming at all. They don't even know what they want. For example, if you've been in an abusive relationship where someone else told you what you were and what you weren't, then beginning to go, well, I'm not even allowed. I just need to keep them happy. I'm not, I don't even know what I want. And there's all kinds of situations that cause us to limit and not even begin to dream. We dream a little and we get squashed. So we don't dream, you know, it's like we quit doing that. So that's one of the biggest things is getting people to dream again, to even believe that there's something more possible 
and that they're worth it is one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Watching the light bulbs come on in that. I would imagine that through the process, your clients may start being unable to love themselves. And by the time they're finished, I can see a huge difference. They've developed self-compassion, self-love. Yeah. Yeah, that must be really rewarding. And do you have them go through a process of releasing their own traumas, a way of bypassing that those blocks, those energy blocks? Yes, I have uh, two different programs and depends on where a person finds himself in life is turn your baggage into luggage is the first initial program that people, and that's the people that have had more recent stuff that's, that needs, well, it could have been a long time ago, but you still need, you haven't completely been able to be free. And that's in all different things, all kinds of things it could be. From there, they move into the life by design program if they want to continue their journey. But some people have processed and they start right with the life by design. So it just depends on where, where they are in their journey. But yes, learning how to release the past, how to in coaching lingo, reframe it in, in regular lingo. It's like how to look at it something differently so that it doesn't have the sting that it used to, that you can be able and be able to be free. And I just love seeing it every day. I can see that. So I'm curious, what is your non-negotiable daily self-care ritual? For me, I spend time reading and and prayer, some worship time with God. That's it. That happens every single day. Doesn't matter what day it is. Okay, it's your meditation time. Yes, it's it's my quiet time. And do you ask questions during that time? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Right. I journal. I uh, I have two different journals. I have one journal that is about forgiveness and thankfulness and whatever I'm thinking. And then I have an imagination journal that I spend time every day imagining something I would love. It just helped because it doesn't come natural in this world. No, I know. It, it I know. just doesn't. And so I, it's part of my daily practice to imagine things I want. Just curious, do you do it maybe just before you go to sleep so that you go to sleep with those images? No, I do. I do mine in the morning, but I do spend time right before I fall asleep saying something about what I want, some type of positive affirmation before sleep. Where can my audience find you, Donna? The best place to locate me is my website. I am on all, all the different social media platforms, mainly Facebook, and my name is unusual, so it's easy to find. And then my website is the letter I, vibrantliving.com. Okay, perfect. I will put this all in the show notes. And thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Susan. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with your friends. And join us next time for Lunch with a Healer. Now you can share your thoughts with us. Your comments, questions, and suggestions are all welcome. Go to speakpipe.com slash lunch with a healer and record your message. Try it out today. Mm-hmm.